Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. And I'm super stoked to welcome back on the program, Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, it's good to speak to you every week. And this week, you're back with an interesting topic. How are you doing? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. I hope you weren't too shaken by the typhoon over the weekend. Yeah, it was really scary. It was. I mean, were you safe? Were you able to sort of dodge it? Did you have to go out at all? No, we were we were all right at home, I think. I mean, I live in a very old apartment building so um we had a lot of doors opening and closing because oh. our windows are very old and yes. rickety so it was a, it and was a noisy hear the night wind. But, yes yeah but it was okay that's good to hear very and, grateful that and it wasn't worse. no trees sort of damaged around the neighborhood or not too oh, many trees we had a big oh. branch from a lovely tree fell on our street downstairs so that was a bit of a shame but um but yes but hopefully but luckily not too much damage in my neighborhood so i was very grateful for everyone that's yep. good that's good to hear so you're talking about balconies today what inspired that well a little bit of a typhoon to be honest because um i have a balcony in my flat but which sounds very delightful and it is delightful um except it's a very narrow thin balcony it's not particular you couldn't even put like you can barely fit a chair on it kind of thing it's a slither of a balcony um a but slither of a balcony a slither of a balcony and I, I recently went to visit a friend at home at her home and she has a lovely balcony and i thought my goodness do you sit out there every morning with a coffee and gaze out and she goes Oh, sometimes I'm like, I would do it every day. Um, but uh, my balcony is delightful. It has a lovely little green outlook to it and everything. Uh, the problem is I never use it because I have children. Um, so, so we just moved apartments. We, we just moved three weeks ago and we got a balcony now. And we're on the 20th floor and it's permanently wow locked because I'm I'm so worried that they'll just move the little you know little stools or little chairs there and and be climbing I'm really sort of it's yeah really anxious I'm really anxious about it Exactly. Both of the doors to our balcony have baby gates in front of them, even yes. though my children are older. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Um, but um, the, the reason I mention it is because with the typhoon that happened over the weekend, we were like, oh, yeah, the balcony. We should probably check all the stuff on the balcony. So we did have to do a bit of a, a bit of a quick whip around and make sure the various dying plants and pots that we'd forgotten about were secured, um, for example, and anything else we'd dumped out there in the last couple of um, months that we'd also just put it away so it wasn't going to blow around. So I was thinking about it a little bit and it made me a little bit sad that I don't use the balcony more. Um, but I, I then sort of started doing a bit of research into balconies. And this was a very interesting thing because I had forgotten, as many of us have because of our short memories, um, globally, the significance of the balcony, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, hold it for a minute. I will go back and we will start back and then we will move forward. So we'll talk a little bit about the sort of significance of a balcony um, and what it kind of ended up taking on a lot of meaning during the COVID-19 pandemic in many countries. So Firstly, firstly, owning a balcony or a a terrace is kind of a privilege in today's day and age, right, more than ever before, because it has that sense of kind of um, being able to take a quick breath of fresh air to observe the city or the world around you from your balcony. Okay, now this is specifically thinking about cities. Sort of stepping Um, away from the chaos in the apartment. 
and just... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, if we go back in time, the balcony was conceived in Persia and Egypt, and the balcony has a specific ceremonial function in history. It was similar to that of the pulpit, so it's quite hierarchical. So it made the presence of someone prevail over the masses underneath the balcony, and there is still that element. You know what I mean? If you're standing on a balcony looking down at a crowd of people, you do have a sense of, you know, hierarchy over them in a way, right? Um, and then over time... <laughs> Looking the, down at the tiny cars and yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and these and, and of course in, in Greece and ancient Rome, um, they were they were called maniam, um, no, I can't pronounce this. M a e n i a n u m. Yeah, I, I can't. Anyone? Pronounce it yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, but they, they, they had a main. They uh, they had a, a kind of recreational purpose um, in Greece and ancient Rome. So citizens who attended public performances, for example, near the forum, had a better view of what was happening if they had a balcony. From the Middle Ages on, though, due to the lack of sewage systems, the balcony also took on this other essential function. It was basically a toilet that you would go out on the balcony to throw your waste off it. <laughs> It's not really that um, that romantic, no. that particular one. Oh. Um, during the Renaissance, however, balconies became real works of art to be displayed with pride. They were status symbols whose main purpose was aesthetic rather than functional. Um, and if you think of many kind of uh, Renaissance palaces, um, you have these things uh, like, you know, beautiful colour balustrades and decorations and this incredible look to balconies on the outsides of these incredible places. So they have quite a lot of status in history um, and, you know, showing yourself um, from that kind of privileged position of having a having a balcony. Um, another example uh, is that that kind of idea. If we look back into uh, Shakespearean um, s- stories, can you think of any relevance of a balcony in a Shakespearean story, a Shakespearean play? Oh, yes. Romeo and Juliet. Yes, so that's, yes, this is really interesting. So it's like, you know, Romeo and Juliet is interpreted as this very romantic, uh, very, the symbol of romantic love, which is, I I find very odd. Yeah, they talk themselves, exactly. Yeah, it's not fantastic. Um, But basically, um, they, you know, it's the unstoppableness of it, you know, that that Juliet is on the balcony and Romeo is speaking up to her. And I think there's something very powerful in that image of, of, you know, a woman on in a position of privilege because like I said that hierarchy when you're up on a balcony you have some status and a man without status is calling to her right so it's that incredible kind of idea now what's interesting about this um, Noreen is that I actually looked into this and apparently there is no balcony scene in Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet oh is there no no so despite the traditional yeah so even though the traditional staging of the play depicts Romeo courting Juliet from her balcony there's actually no mention of the word balcony balcony in the play. Um, he, he actually writes Shakespeare that Juliet appears above at a window rather than placing her on a balcony. Wow. I don't know why. I, I just always think there's so many balcony scenes in in, in, in Shakespeare. Yes, yeah, so I think it's I think a director had a vision when yes, with his vision. Maybe. <laughs> then and everyone followed suit. And this people say that this is actually an example of something I'm done gonna have to do an audio column on in the future called the Mandela effect. We're not gonna talk about that today, but the Mandela effect is an observed phenomenon which occurs when a large percentage of the population remembers a significant event that didn't actually happen. Wow. Okay. <laughs> 
great. Yes, I, I look forward to that to, to that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're gonna. I'm gonna have to do something on that because that would be a fascinating thing to do. The Mandela effect. Um, was, a column on that. Was there a balcony scene for Hamlet as well? You know, there was. I should really. You know, the, the ghost that appeared and, and said he was killed. I don't know why. I feel like there's so many balcony scenes in Shakespeare. I'm not sure. Plays. Well, maybe that's what happened. Maybe you know they thought they used a director used it for uh, Romeo and Juliet. And everyone's that's delightful and powerful. It's and very. For Hamlet. <laughs> Very visual. Let's use it for everything. You know what I mean? So it's it's quite a fascinating thing, um, the balcony and what it represents in that way. Um, there's also, what this is interesting as well, so there's also a, a Spanish verb, balconier, which means to watch closely from a balcony without taking part in what is happening. So that's a meaning that makes evident that it's long been the main function of a balcony is to observe, right? And this was... Um, Interestingly, this um, attitude was recently criticized by Pope Francis as an unexpected revolutionary of the times when he invited uh, younger generations not to balconier, but to dive in uh, to life like Jesus did. So not to get in religious here, but it's interesting that there's a verb there to, to, to watch closely and not really take part. And literally that verb was used in a recent uh, speech by Pope Francis saying, we cannot just balconier, we cannot just observe we must take part, you know, which is very interesting. So I, I think that's a really wonderful, um, a wonderful idea. When we think about this idea of like balconies again, there's um, there's kind of this idea of the shared balcony, um, and I know that um, where my um, or the shared terrace, of course, you know, and this is interesting because in Hong Kong we we kind of have some, I suppose, like shared kind of elevated spaces that you can look out from but i know that um, my uh, my grandmother in gibraltar um, where she used to live they definitely had kind of a shared not even a balcony like a shared elevated kind of courtyard where people would all hang their clothes together and it would just be kind of a space that people would kind of collide and get along and all those sorts of things so i think about that quite a lot and it's very uh, common in social housing Oh, that yes. kind of shared balcony. Yep. Oh, and, and also non-shared balcony. You know, my grandma ha- was living in a public housing. So in, um, so many public housings around Hong Kong have balconies as well. A, a small, but sort of where people would hang their clothes and stuff. It's kind of a common sight around Hong Kong too. Yes, exactly. So it's very, very interesting. Now, of course, this has changed as we, have, you know, in the beginning of the 21st century, this idea of like, oh, we don't really, we don't mix with the people next to us, right? Um, the balcony and the terrace became a mirror of changing society. So people were becoming more capitalistic, increasingly individualist. Um, the balcony was no longer seen as a place you could meet other people, but it was something private. It was in your home. It was, you know, facing the street, but you could protect yourself from prying eyes you know you still had a level of um privacy to the balcony um and and you know in a global era the balcony is kind of a bioclimatic space it's where you know um we look at like things look beautiful when they have a balcony um so it's quite sad that you know we now realize that that they had this balconier um idea of looking and not participating now the reason i bring this up is because Fascinatingly, when the COVID-19 pandemic hit and people had to 
um, we had to go into, people were in lockdown, they were locked in their homes, um, you know, we weren't allowed to connect with other human beings. There was something really remarkable that happened, and I know this specifically really started in Italy, because again, short memories, everyone, but do you remember how terrible um, the COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic was mm-hmm. in Italy at the beginning, mm-hmm. and how that was one of the first countries to go into quite a severe lockdown for a very long time, and, you know, millions of Italians were on lockdown to slow the spread of coronavirus. But balconies were where people found a little bit of a source of hope and connection in this time of forced isolation because everyone took to their balconies um, and they would sing the national anthem. They would wave to each other. They would belt out operas. They would applaud medical workers. There then became this sense of, um, again, community based yeah, off Solidarity, a like across the balconies. Yes. Um, and it was that kind of, you know... Um, this is this fascinating sort of idea that balconies, which have been this architectural staple for thousands of years, and they've had lots of religious significance, status significance, all of those sorts of things. Um, but then here, they're creating an even new significance, which was the, the privilege of having a balcony during this time in COVID-19 was not so you could balconier, so you could just look and not participate, but it was the privilege of being able to participate, that you, could, if you had a balcony, you could step out onto your balcony, wave to a neighbor, have that moment of human connection. That became the privilege in this, in this new age of the pandemic. It wasn't your ability to lock yourself away that gave you status and hierarchy and a sense of, of worth and value. It was your the privilege to be able to connect with another human being because you had a balcony. And I just find that really fascinating, Noreen. I think I think it's so touching as well that, you know, when you feel so isolated from each other and then you just sort of look across to your neighbours who you normally would say hi to, but because of the lockdown, you can't. You can just wave across at them. And I think mm. that, yeah, you're right. It just gives them so much hope and it would pr- provide a little bit of sort of joyfulness amongst that um, terrible time. Remember at the beginning of it, just nobody knew what was happening. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's really interesting that we're talking about... Um, you know, the benefits of having a balcony once upon a time, hundreds of years ago, was because people didn't have Netflix and Disney Plus and and other streaming (laughs) services and endless scrolling on their phones. They'll chit-chat on the balcony. Yes, exactly. People, they didn't even have TV. So people watching from balconies, seeing who was going, who was coming, where are you off to? You're off to the shop. How's your son? Blah, blah, blah. That That was a pastime. That was what you did for entertainment was just being able to be able to participate in that sort of thing. And of course, technologies drove us inside, telephones, TV, air conditioning, that, that made us go indoors, right? And, and, and that in the last specifically 50 years, balconies across the world have really lost that part of the role mm. that they once played in urban life. Um, so, Yeah, what do people do on their balconies these days in Hong Kong? Most of them are yeah, what do they put? Maybe some plants, but even that sometimes can be a bit sunny. Uh, yeah, it depends well, how big it is, the balcony. I think it's that. I think it's that. So I think there's like key things people would use them for. Um, unfortunately, I think smoking is one. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's the only time I ever really see if I'm if I'm staring out from a window and I look at I think most people use it as an opportunity to smoke yeah. if they if they smoke they shouldn't smoke but if they did um, I think that's one and sometimes for drying clothes <laughs> as we've talked about um, which is a bad also, combination if you smoke and dry your clothes and the smoke yeah, will get on the clothes yes yes yeah exactly it's a bad combination um, but I think it's that again that 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 importance of um, now we're realizing like that you know it is quite a 
space is a premium, right? And it was interesting because I was definitely looking into these uh, types of balconies, I think in Malta, called like Maltese balconies, where they're, they're kind of, um, they're very distinctive. You should have a look at the images. They're quite beautiful, kind of ornate sort of uh, external things, but they're kind of encapsulated balconies oh, and they yes. and, and people have written about them a lot and they're like wow this is amazing this beautiful architectural thing i'm like yeah people in hong kong do that all the time for the square footage <laughs> you know, like people seal in their balconies like, i don't need a balcony i need another two inches of bedroom room, space yeah. yeah so um that, that i thought was quite interesting that we we save it oh the maltese balcony is beautiful it's beautiful they think you know the shadow the blah blah i'm like yeah hong kong people do this all the time they've been doing this for years <laughs> we so, do that for rooftops too yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Um, so I think that's really, really interesting as well, is how they've kind of they've changed and evolved in that sense. Um, and that now, you know, that the balcony is, you know, quite a privileged place. And I have to say, I do miss that. I do miss that um, that moment that you have as someone without you, because I absolutely think that you should keep your balcony sealed off if you have young children, 100%. But I do know that there have been times in the last few years, especially in winter in Hong Kong, when it's not like autumn, when it's not so stinking hot, when one of my favorite things to do when my children are out of the house and it is safe is to open the balcony doors and be able to walk in and out from, the, I mean, and this is me talking about about 20 centimeters of balcony foot space, <laughs> but that ability to walk walk in and out, have a cup of coffee, look down on the street, look out. It, it does give you this feeling. Yeah, um, I've made it. <laughs> yeah. And I think even like in one of the things of like staying in a hotel or staying in a place overseas, sometimes that balcony feeling is really special as well. I mean, I had that, I remember very distinctively for my wedding, my my hotel room for my wedding had a, had a balcony terrace outside, nothing on it. It was just a bit of outdoor area, but I could walk outside and be outside with a cup of coffee and I remember waking up on like five o'clock in the morning for my wedding and looking over with my cup of coffee and seeing my husband was doing the same thing in his bed and his balcony and waving to each other and being like oh hello good morning <laughs> we're oh, both out here so on our balconies lovely. yeah oh. Well, Cruz, I'm afraid we're out of time today. Oh, I'm so sorry. I should have looked at the time a bit better. But you'll be back next week with more audio columns. I will be. Yes. Thank you so much for your time today. And I look forward to more chats with you to, uh, next week. Bye for now.